Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. The conclusion of the book of Leviticus is a remarkable one. The early chapters present in great detail the offerings that depict so vividly our Savior Christ as the solution to every problem and barrier between God and man. Then come the festivals and the jubilee pointing us to the enjoyment and experience of God in Christ as our food, our rest, and ultimate satisfaction. But then we're warned not to neglect such an all-inclusive provision. And finally, the last chapter presents the child of God making a devotion with a vow to live in the reality of all that God has prepared for us. Bob Danker is joining us for our final program today on Leviticus. And Bob, here we are together for this final program on Leviticus, and it uh, really promises to be a good one. It sure does, Chris. And as you said, this is a remarkable conclusion to this remarkable book. In this uh, broadcast today, we are going to consider this remarkable matter of devoting oneself with a vow to God to enjoy all that he has prepared for us as revealed in the book of Leviticus. Bob, just that word, as you said, it uh, it strikes, um, oh, uh, kind of an idea that I think we have uh, in our natural thinking about what it is to be devoted to God or to devote ourselves to God. I think there's some very fresh light in speaking from the Lord in his word today, don't you? I do too, Chris. I think what Brother Lee saw in this chapter is wonderful and remarkable, and it really is also, fortunately, applicable. It's not something so far away from us that we cannot apply it in our Christian life. And the result that comes when we apply this to ourselves is truly wonderful. Bob, I gave a kind of a thumbnail sketch in the opening today on on the book of Leviticus in review. Why don't you uh, just take a minute or so and uh, anything that particularly you'd like to highlight about what we've seen in Leviticus? Chris, this book reveals to us a number of marvelous things. The first seven chapters, as we recall from all the foregoing broadcasts, reveal to us this wonderful, all-inclusive, marvelous Christ who is the reality of all the offerings. Mm -hmm. And we remember uh, the verses in Hebrews 10 where the Lord said to God, you prepared a body for me and I've come to do your will. Mm. That means Christ came with a human body to be the replacement of and the reality of all the Old Testament offerings. So these offerings in the beginning of Leviticus reveal such a Christ to us who is the reality of the offerings. 
And um, this Christ, as you mentioned, has solved all our problems with God. So now we have no more problems with God because Christ has taken away our sins and he has crucified our sinful self, our sinful old man on the cross. And then he is the one who satisfies God. We cannot satisfy God, but Christ is God's full satisfaction. And he's also our food so that we can live a life that is a repetition of his life while he was on this earth. The result of all these offerings is peace, right. a peaceful, restful enjoyment of Christ together with God. It's a wonderful revelation here. God prepared these offerings for his people so that they could have a mutual enjoyment of Christ with God for God's satisfaction and their satisfaction and ultimately for the fulfillment of God's purpose. Then we go on into the Subsequent chapters, in chapters 8 through 10, we saw the priestly service. In chapters 11 to 22, we see many ordinances regarding a holy living. The real result of the enjoyment of Christ as the offerings is that we would live a holy life as God's people on this earth. So we have many ordinances. Then we come to a wonderful chapter 23 on all the seven festivals, the feasts, seven annual feasts that the children of Israel enjoyed, which are all types of of our enjoyment of Christ in God's salvation. The Passover feast is the enjoyment of God's redemption and uh, so forth. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, Christ is our sinless life supply. The Feast of the First Fruits, as Christ in resurrection, as our enjoyment. Then the Feast of Pentecost, where the all-inclusive spirit was poured out on God's people in the New Testament to form them into the church as the organic body of Christ. I mean, this is also for our enjoyment and for God's satisfaction. So all these feasts are wonderful times of rest and satisfaction and enjoyment. Again, God prepared all these riches for us to enjoy. Then there is the Jubilee, a time of release, a time of return to your possession, which is, in our case, our possession is just God himself. And as a picture of the entire age of the New Testament, of the uh, millennium, and of the coming new heaven and new earth with the new Jerusalem. And then in the end, we have some warnings. And then finally, we come to this chapter on devoting yourself with a vow to God. Let's look at this, Bob, before we join Witness Lee. Just a couple of verses here at the beginning of the chapter. Actually, I've picked a couple at the beginning and and one uh, near the end. Verse 1 says, Then Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When a man makes a special vow, the persons shall be for Jehovah according to your valuation. Now jump ahead to verse 28. Nevertheless, anything which someone devotes to Jehovah out of all that he has, whether a human or an animal or a field of his possession, it shall not be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy to Jehovah. We have fields, Bob, we have animals, and we have the person himself. Some categories here. We're going to find out about all of this today. Lord willing, let's go to Witness Lee. Now we come to the last chapter of this book. I couldn't imagine that this book ends with such a chapter. A chapter concerning the devotions for a vow. This is the conclusion of this book. It concludes with a vow that we need to have with God. A vow. After all the foregoing 26 chapters, Many, many things have covered. Now we come to the end. What this book wants is that 
We make a vow to God, regardless who is saved. More lies in the heart of the saved one, there is a vow. It may be very evident, it may be not so evident, it may be very strong, it may be not so strong, yet there is a kind of vow, at least a kind of desire. The desire always issues in a vow. The desire is very source, then as you have a certain desire toward God, and this results in a vow. You think about it. Some persons, before they got saved, when they were going to get saved, they had a kind of desire within them for God. Something to do or something to give, something as a desire within them. So, your Christian life is just a life of vow. This is the conclusion of this book. This book begins with our offering of Christ in many aspects to God for the satisfaction of both God and man. This book ends with our devoting of ourselves and our possessions to God for our vow to Him. Now, this book of the priesthood ends with our devotion of ourselves, devotion of our possessions, either cattle, house, or land, whatsoever we have. We have to devote all these things to God. Bob, as you pointed out, this book begins with our offering of Christ to God for his satisfaction, and it ends with a vow, a devotion. I'm impressed with uh, the matter that he mentioned here, the desire of the saved one. At the beginning of the book, we're here before God with all these problems and barriers blocking our access to him. So God has provided through the offerings, one by one, a way that all of these problems can be dealt with by and through Christ. Now, after these uh, enjoyable things, these feasts and the jubilee, it brings us to the point where there's a desire welling up in our being to offer something to God, not to solve a problem, but for a completely different uh, motivation. This is really marvelous progression, isn't it, Bob? Yes, Chris. In this book, we can see such a progression. First, we see all the provisions that God has made for our enjoyment. And then, at the end, we see that God has a desire within his heart that we would devote ourselves with a vow to him. So, actually, everything begins with God and his desire. God wants his people to devote themselves, to give themselves, to consecrate themselves with all that they are, all that they have, all that they can do Mm -hmm. to him. And this desire on God's part is also matched by a desire on our part. If we uh, are saved, genuinely saved by the Lord, then at least somewhere within us there is this desire to give ourselves to the Lord with a vow, with a solemn consecration that we would really be for him, separated to him, possessed by him for his satisfaction. God needs us to make a vow to him. That's why we have this desire within us to devote ourselves and everything related to us to God. So our making a vow to God is a result of this desire 
that he has put within our heart as his saved ones. And this is a wonderful thing. This very desire within us actually is our way to enter into the enjoyment of all that God has prepared. Without such a desire and without the resulting devotion with a vow that we make to him to devote ourselves and everything related to us to God, then we would not have a way to enjoy Christ and all the things that God has prepared for us. Bob, uh, we're talking about this word devote or devotion, and we have a short segment just ahead where uh, Winnesley is going to explore the meaning, actually the uh, dictionary definition of such a word, and try to uh, bring to light more than uh, what we might casually think just to offer or to give something to God. Let's join him for this exploration. Here's Witness Lee. When you say, I devote myself, this means uh, it's a kind of synonym to uh, offer, consecrate, to yield, or to present. Do you all agree with this? But uh, to my kind of understanding, to devote is stronger than to offer. It's stronger than to consecrate, even more stronger than to yield, to render, to present, to give. It's not that shallow. To devout must go with some vow. You know, sometimes uh, you offer me something, not with a vow, but sometimes, uh, you know, you give me something in a will. That is a kind of a devotion of a vow. You cannot change it. You cannot alter it. You give, you give, that's it. So it is stronger. This is what I understand. I hope it is so. Bob, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. I think what he uh, just pointed out was clear, but summarize for us uh, just so that we can understand what was in this portion and particularly what is really implied with this word devotion. Yes, Chris, devotion, this word devotion or to devote is a very strong word. It really means to dedicate or consecrate by means of a vow. And a vow is a solemn promise or pledge. It's not a light matter. Mm. When you devote something, you dedicate it or you consecrate it with a solemn promise or pledge that this thing is to God and for God. So when you use this word devote, you really are referring to giving yourself in a solemn way to another person or to a cause. In this case, we're devoting ourselves, our animals, our possessions in Leviticus here, our house, which is related to the church, and our land, which is related to our enjoyment of the all-inclusive Christ, who is the good land. We devote ourselves and all that is related to us. That means we consecrate it to God with a solemn promise. And once it has been so devoted to God, then according to Leviticus chapter 27, it becomes holy, which means it becomes sanctified, separated unto God, and it becomes God's possession. Mm. And a real devotion with a vow is something that cannot be reversed or changed. So this is God's desire, that we would devote ourselves and the things related to us to him with such a solemn promise as a vow that can never be changed. This is in God's heart. 
So, Bob, we're talking about something that's quite different than, oh, I think an experience that's maybe common to most all believers, and that is particularly after a failure, we will make a kind of a promise to God to do better, to be, uh, you know, stronger or resist this temptation. Or that We're not talking about that kind of promise to God, are we? No, Chris. God just wants us to devote mainly ourselves, whatever we are, whatever we have, whatever we can do. He wants us to devote ourselves to him. And this kind of a devotion, which is a solemn consecration, because it involves a vow. It's like a wedding vow. Mm -hmm. That's very solemn, and it should never be changed. So this is a very solemn matter, and God desires that we devote ourselves to him and that we would live our whole Christian life as a life of devotion, a life of intense consecration and solemn pledge of ourselves to the Lord. Well, we have one session left in this life study of Leviticus, and uh, in this one we're going to touch what we alluded to early in the program, that when we hear this word devotion, or to make a vow to devote ourselves to God, we have an idea, I think, that it means to uh, solemnly promise to do something for God, or to be something for God. But uh, I think our concept is about to get adjusted. Let's go back to Witness Lee. How earnest God is desiring our devotion. In whatever way we devote, God treasures it. Shouldn't this encourage us to devote ourselves in our person, in our possession, in everything we have to the Lord? This chapter is just to impress us. God is aspiring that we all would give ourselves to him in whatever we can, in whatever we are, in whatever we have. This is God's desire. This is his aspiration. He'd like to see you devote yourself to him. Whether you are wrong, you are right, I must tell you, to devote is good. <laughs> to devote wrongly is also good. As long as you devote, you get involved with the enjoyment of Christ. As long as you devote, you are related to the enjoyment of Christ. And he likes to see devote your time, your ability, and your possession, and your strength, whatever you can, whatever you have, to him. He just aspires that you do it. He needs you. As he has done everything for you, now he needs you. He needs you to enjoy him. He likes to have more enjoyers. So do it. Even do it wrong way. Do it at the wrong time. Whatsoever. As long as you would devote yourself in so many aspects, this pleases God. He would accept it. This is the very stress of this chapter. This means what? After all, in this book, of God doing for our enjoyment, it ends with this aspect. It ends with what? With God's aspiration that you would devote yourself to Him. He has prepared everything. So at the end of this book, He just put out His aspiration, expecting that you would make a vow with Him to devote whatever you can, whatever you have, whatever you are, and whatever you do to Him. For what purpose? Just for you to enjoy Him. 
He's prepared everything. He's calling. He's calling. He's telling. He's even encouraging so many of the people just to devote themselves to God for their enjoyment of God in all what God has provided, prepared for us. This is the denotation of this chapter. Bob, this is such a wonderful point. I made note here one thing he said. He said, God needs you. He needs you. As he has done everything for you, now he needs you to enjoy him. This is the point I'd like to come to as we wrap up this life study of Leviticus. Pick it up from here. This is a marvelous point, Chris. We think God needs us to do something for him. But actually, according to the book of Leviticus, God has already done many things for us. He has prepared Christ for us. He prepared the good land for the people of Israel so that they could enjoy the land and then have uh, feasts together with one another and with God. He prepared the Jubilee so that every uh, one who had sold himself into slavery could be released and could recover his lost possession. He prepared everything. This book is a book that shows us what God has done, not what he expects us to do. So when we devote ourselves to the Lord, the main purpose is not for us to do some works for him, but for us to meet his need. And as you mentioned just a moment ago, what is God's need? God's need is not only for servants, for those to do his work, but God's primary need is for enjoyers, those who will enjoy what he has prepared. Our enjoying what God has prepared is what really satisfies God. Because eventually, as we enjoy Christ and all that God has prepared for us in Christ, then we become something that satisfies God. And what is that thing? That which we become by enjoying Christ is we become the body of Christ. We become the expression of Christ, the fullness of Christ, the expansion and enlargement of Christ. And that is what God desires to obtain. And that is why he has prepared so many things for us in Christ for our enjoyment. Now what we need to do is take this encouragement from God that we would devote ourselves and all our possessions, our time, our energy, right. everything, everything to him. Mm. Well, Bob, uh, we have come to the end of our life study of Leviticus. I have uh, just enjoyed this so much. It's been so uh, practical in its application and so uh, helpful in the view that it has inspired and given us of Christ in so many aspects and details portrayed in all of these types. I really trust our listeners have had the similar experience. We do have the printed volumes. It's a four-volume set for Leviticus of the printed life study messages. And this was one of the life studies where we really had to abbreviate for the sake of radio and the time that we were able to work with. So the printed messages have much more material and go into much greater depth than we were able to. These are an excellent resource. Another book that we talked about related to the Jubilee, uh, I would also recommend, and the title of it is just that, Jubilee. It was a book uh, that Witness Lee wrote in 1984, a series of messages actually given at that time on this wonderful topic that we had so much enjoyment on, the Jubilee. So that's also available. Uh, our toll-free number for either of those or to get your input, your experience that you had in Leviticus, that toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 21. 21- 
21, Anaheim, California, 92814. And you can reach us over the Internet. Uh, email address is radio at lsm.org. Our website is www.lsm.org. Thank you very much for being with us for so many of these programs on Leviticus. It's been a great pleasure to me. So that's it for Bob Danker today. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The Lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God. And the Dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the Lamb and the Dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.